forever. Dog. Oh, Ouch, wow. I got a oh, blister. Oh, wow. Well, Nature's like, Band-Aid. You've had those blisters before. Hey, uh, hey now. Welcome back for yet another steaming, steaming piping, piping, scolding, serving of hot gauze. This, of course, is our weekly chat show where we talk about events in our lives, lives issues in politics, politics, and take a deep, deep dive. dive into the DMs. Now, let's get into some... We have uh, the condor I'm going to burn that bird. That bird's going to get burnt by the hot goss. The the condors want to sip on the hot. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. Who's riding on the back of that bird? Oh, (laughs) my God. She has two birds harnessed, uh, a platform pleaser on each bird's back. And they look happy to be carrying her, as would I. It is our special guest for Hot Goss this week. The one, the only, Peppermint! Yes! yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh Those gosh, birds were so thank nice. Thank you for being here. You know, I have them trained. I pay them well. <laughs> thank girl. you for taming the condors. <laughs> How are you doing? How I don't know, but I'm 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 right. actually pretty good. I had a Red Bull and a popsicle, so I'm good. <laughs> I love that. People love that. people keep asking me how I'm doing, and I just keep saying I'm doing. Like I'm yeah. trying to do stuff, Gee. and because anytime <laughs> I sit, I get like in my head too much, and then or like I feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm not doing anything. So I just keep trying to do. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah, same. Yeah. Um, uh, peppermint. I'm so glad you're here, and I. I just want to thank you for like for being a leader and being a voice because um, the conversations you've been having with Bob um, on YouTube are life changing, um, <laughs> and um, we've been promoting them and like telling every everyone on this podcast to tune in and watch them. So um, thank you, thank you for doing that. Yes. Yeah. When you, know, you gonna was... help her with her wigs though? <laughs> uh- <laughs> I tried. I lost a nail, as you can see. <laughs> damn. Damn, damn, damn. Um, yeah, we decided to, to to get together and and do those talks. It was really impromptu. They usually ha- just happen on the phone. And then yeah. it was one the, the first one that we did, because was th- we've done three, and we're about to do another one this weekend. I guess it kind of turned into a podcast. Oh, God. Um, where we just, we were so fed up. And, of course, this was right after uh, George Floyd's murder. And we had just been experiencing so many of the same things at the same time that we're like, let's get on and talk about it. And it's been received really well. Yeah. You know? So you're in New York, right? New York City! Mm-hmm. Holding it down for all of the street sex workers. <laughs> right. What is the vibe in New York right now? You know, surpri- I mean, between COVID and the, and the protests, it's like COVID kind of put us in this particular mind frame, you know what I mean? Where everybody was on uh, in lockdown. And it was, for a minute, it was really, it, for me, really just so depressing because there were so many people leaving the city, trying to get out, get away, 
you know, um, I mean, they, maybe they wanted more freedom. Maybe they didn't want to have to be like they were in lockdown. Maybe they wanted to be safe because we, at, for a minute, we were like ground zero for Corona right. um, in the country. And you know, for most of this experience we had been. And, and so that was really kind of, it got me down. It got me down. Um, and then now after um, seeing people come together for the protests, it really mm-hmm. has gotten me like extra invigorated. And the, the feeling in New York really does seem to be like, we are in this together. Every single, I know in LA, y'all were doing it at eight o'clock at seven o'clock here. Every night still people are out their windows clapping. People I have never seen across the alley. I have never seen, I mean, I'm, they probably looked at my window. Um, but, <laughs> but I've never seen, I don't know who they are, but every single day we're hanging out our heads out the window, um, clapping for the, um, you know, first responders for COVID, which is obviously still a thing. Um, yeah. And then people just, gal- you know, sort of galvanizing, going down to these protests. And at first I was like, oh gosh, it's it's rowdy. I don't know what's going to happen. There's obviously been a lot of bumps with like the, the cities putting in these curfews and trying to like mm-hmm. deter people from protesting, but that hasn't stopped people. It's just gotten us more like information, and right. people are going and they're peaceful and they're marching and they're they're ignoring their well. Now we don't have a curfew because the last couple of days people were like, we're not getting arrested and we're not going to the curfew. So you can try to do what you want. We're marching peacefully and we're not looting and we're getting you know was that a gunshot. <laughs> It was a whip crack. Oh. Sorry, that was my oh, okay. pony. That was my ponytail. I didn't mean to do that oh, yeah. while you were talking. Now, are no, they, no, good. Good. were they putting in um, curfew? I know that I was out protesting, and I literally got a curfew notice for less the, for less yeah. than an hour away from when it was supposed mm. to be. And I was like, I'm on my bike. I could get home in time. I didn't get home in time, but it, it's the and then that New York uh, police chief saying that. Uh, He's demanding respect and all of that. That was that was laughable. That was laughable. Did you see it's his speech spliced in with all the accounts of the New York police brutality? I saw that today, and it's a joke. You can't. It's so. It's more than tone deaf. It's just disingenuous, morally bankrupt. It's all like, white people in the front. Did you see that? <laughs> all of them. Not not one opportunity to put the black officers that you do have there, which. I guess that would None have of been them probably um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah, like the White totally House right. intern photo for sure from this year. They're playing some games down there, honey. We they they did the same thing here. I was out at a protest and it was like about six thirty or seven thirty, and I just um I said you know I could see the cops because they sent out the this was the first night of curfew. They sent out the curfew notice the same time the cops were moving in. Like I was at the back of the thing and I was like. Ooh, there's a lot of cops already with their billy clubs and their hand, you know, ties out and like ready, like they're ready yeah. and they're marching. And I was like, and I just texted some friends. I was like, the cops are closing in. And I had already made the decision to go home because I had something to do. And then as I was going home, like literally as I was walking from the cops, I get an alert. You, curfew starts in 30 minutes. And to be extra fierce, they're like, curfew starts in 30 minutes and lift and Uber mm-hmm. end at at 30 minutes. And what? city bikes. And city bikes and everything. Yeah. No traveling. So you're going to be stuck where you are in 30 minutes. You can't get anywhere in 30 minutes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, as any girl who's ever said, just give me five minutes, you know that's 30 minutes at least. Hello. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Hey, I have a question for you. You've been so vocal with everything. Um, you're an activist, an educator, and basically a voice for the community, but you're also an entertainer. And that's been like playing a dual role in your basically career now. Um, do you think you could ever go into politics? I I would. I'd, I certainly would. I don't know if I could like right now, but as an older lady, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not ruling it out, you know? I mean... Yeah, so I could definitely. I, I I want to. I want to be engaged with a lot of different people. It's obviously really important for me to talk about for our community, for the LGBT community, for the queer Black community, and trans folks. Um, but even more, I'm even the only thing I'm interested in addition to all those things. I'm also interested in really sort of building bridges between the different groups, you know, and making like make just having understanding, being like easily flowing between everybody. Is that what I'm focused on? Is that what um, CLAT was originally founded on? The principles (laughs) of? Yes, darling. Okay. Ah, We wanted to let the people understand. Legend! It was a a manual Uh, on intersectionality. Damn. (laughs) Well, speaking of CLAT, um, uh, how do you feel about our season 12 crowned queen, Miss Jada Essence Hall? I couldn't be more proud. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't be more proud. I was I was trying to be very clear about the message in the very beginning that she was the one person that I thought would would, would take the crown. I couldn't yeah. even pronounce crown. I couldn't figure out, like, what I was saying in... Um, they were going to give her crowns? <laughs> I was so in awe of her fabulousness, I couldn't even... I, clearly articulated on on not race chaser on um what's the thing with Bob the drag queen pit stop pit stop yeah <laughs> yeah um but i think she was she's dope and i'm so happy for her i w- it got a little shaky in the middle of the season i wasn't quite sure um but sh- i think she slayed it you know and i don't there was no robbery it was it was well, de- well deserved yeah 100 yeah she's amazing i love her and everything Every single thing she wears on the runway, I literally would yeah. wear. She I w- want all of it. She was in my top three when she walked in the workroom. Uh, I was uh-huh. I was wrong about the third one. I thought it was going to be um, Jan, Gigi, and Jada. Same. Um, really? Oh, wow. I thought it was going to be Jan as well. I Something told me that Jan go- went... I didn't even think I that assumed. Jan would be less than top four me too same totally and they when they told me jackie was i was like i've never heard of jackie and then gina our mutual friend said Mm -hmm. she does a lot of cabaret stuff i was like oh okay can't wait to see what she does and then crystal was just uh bad out of hell sent from heaven because (laughs) i love everything that she did talk about a wild card yeah so fucking dope so um are you uh are you watching all stars five are you? Is I have, it on your radar? I watched the first. I mean, it's only been one episode. I don't know when this this comes out, but oh. yeah, I, of course it's on my radar. I am a little fatigued, girl. <laughs> to yes, <laughs> I have a blister in a spot I've never had a blister before on your brain and your eyeball. Fuck you. <laughs> um, those are lesions. Um, no. Wow. Uh, the the one I have I have this low rider bike and I've been riding to the protest protests mm-hmm. and like 
the the low rider part of the seat that scoops up in the back is rubbing against, against like my cra- my tailbone like right where like sep- right where your crack spreads when you sit on a bike seat so mm-hmm. i literally thank god i'm not having sex cuz i'd have to say don't mind the the blister my in my taint <laughs> You ladybugs. Look at <laughs> ah, your lady. You have ladybugs. No, it, it's not on the undercarriage. It's on the top, like where you get like a poloidal cyst. And if okay, you, okay. yeah, it's, but it's healing. It's healing. I've been using salves and balms and roses okay, in the Gileads. <laughs> Those are just my ladybugs. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, wh- what are you, what are your thoughts on All Stars 5? Do you see any uh, standouts? Because I certainly do. Do you? I can't right mainly now. Our new, mainly our new season five <laughs> promo image. That's what I, I see. That's the, I think that's, I try not to engage with the, what I know about, you know, mm-hmm. the season, maybe what I Team. hear from some of the girls versus like what I'm, what's presented to me. I really try to just like experience it. Yeah. Um, yes. And so I don't have any clear front runners. I certainly have people that I would like. So I'm definitely, of course I'm rooting for Shay Goulet. Same. Who is my, yeah. You know, I'm all I'm rooting for Mariah because she came out there and did something that no one expected. No one saw it coming because we know Mariah. We we all worked with Mariah. We know she can Mm -hmm. buck. We know she gets down. We know she's a party Mm -hmm. girl. We know she's a good time for her to come out and to give us a full thing. She gave us a taste of of what she could do. Um, with her brain in Untucked mm-hmm. on her season, talking about drag and just give us a little piece of hair and we're the innovators. She's totally mm-hmm. correct. And when she came out and gave that performance, it gave me like Tatiana 2.0, like yeah. very much just out of nowhere. And then, um, I mean, I like that a girl that did like a fun tipping number upbeat thing one, but I think it would have been great if Mariah had won. They should have gone. You know, if, if I was World of Wonder, I would have gone back in and re-edited that and be like, India, we're still going to give you our money, but for this week, Mariah should win. And she should have won mean, anyway. for real? Let's be real. Let's that, be real. This is like, first of all, her cho- the choice that she did it, period, I think it's even more well-received in the time we're in right now. And yes. obviously they filmed that last yeah. year, so how could she have known? But it, not that this was a problem that came from out of nowhere, but the fact that this is so relevant and a uh, topic of discussion. So mm-hmm. I think she um she slayed, and I agree. It would have been good for them to go back in. I mean, how could they have re-edited it? They would have had to reshoot her winning. Girl, like, they did from it, they a did video it from her mo- phone. Top model voiceover work. Oh, okay. <laughs> disqualified. Uh, disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> the way they cut together the tie of, um, of Monet and Trinity using existing footage yeah <laughs> i heard tyra wasn't even there when they filmed that really i don't know <laughs> our job is to first spread misinformation <laughs> well that's that's our mission statement <laughs> so okay this is on the outline i don't i mean okay um RuPaul hasn't tweeted since March 28th, and her last Instagram post was March 19th. Um, I I I have something real quick to say because it is not it is not my place to critique exactly anybody and how they choose to deal with this protest, especially someone uh, who's probably dealt with. Who's who definitely has dealt with it more firsthand than me. Um, so I can't say much, but I always look for leaders in the community to lead. 
Um, and I would like to see that. I was saddened that RuPaul's Drag Race, the show account, didn't tweet more stuff, yet they let the DragCon account tweet stuff. Like, we have we all have... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. RuPaul's DragCon was tweeting more than the, the RuPaul's Drag Show thing. Okay. You mean... And it, when you say that they were tweeting stuff, you mean, like, actual, like, reposting of, like, direct stuff or just saying... Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm going to go to their account now so I don't okay. speak out of turn because um, my shoes taste delicious, but I do not need them in my mouth this week. <laughs> um, and well, look, I this is how I feel. Like I'm, I obviously agree with you. I would like to see more. I would like to see all of the celebs and leaders that we look up to being vocal about this. I think that we're on sort of a moment of, clearly we're in a moment of change that is, mm-hmm. I think it feels like it's irreversible. And I feel like this is the big one. Like w- when we're like, if you want to do something about, if you want to stop racism, he, it's now. And I yeah. feel like we need all hands on deck. And so I would really love to see every single leader in the community and even folks out of the community, wherever they are, just being vocal about this and active about this. Um, and it's, it is disappointing when, especially if you are a part of a, a group or a family, any family, and some of the people at the, t- at the head of that family communicate to everyone in the family that they would like the participation of all the people in the family. But then the people in the family look up and say, well, what about the head of the family? Yeah, I know Honestly. I'm speaking in code. I know y'all understand what I'm talking about. It's fine. We get it. No frack. But um, the the RuPaul's Drag Race account between June 1st and June 5th retweeted Logo, Widow, Shangela, Bob. They didn't make any statement on... They made a statement on May 31st. And then after that, it was just retweets until June 5th when they said, okay, uh, we're going to retweet Shay. We're going to say the first Pride started as a protest. Um, by a black trans woman, um, which they got a lot of replies about that. Like, oh, so you can benefit off their protests, but you can't put them on your TV show. Like comments like that I was seeing. And I I deleted my tweet about, did you guys lose your password? Because someone said to me, literally, this is not your argument, baby. And I was like, I'm taking that down. Because like- Something happened with Trinity. She she went pretty, she went very there. Aquaria um, did too. Aquaria went all the way there and is still there. She put her money where her <laughs> mouth was, though. At least she I... did, and I'm here for it. You know what? I mean, we can we can settle. We can like parse out who's who should have been here. What late later? Yeah. We have to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. any way possible. And, and people are picking up the slack slack for people who are slacking. And so let's right. let's get the job done. And and you know what? We are taking note. Anyone who's not right. talking about this and engaged in this conversation, we got you. And that's anyone. Yeah. And we are we notice it, and we will remember. And believe me, yeah. the conversation is not over. Mm-hmm. Well, on the RuPaul thing, it's n- it's not you know it's not my place as a white person to like to be like critical of of what RuPaul has said or hasn't said. Mm-hmm. So and I I don't also want to put him in a position where now if he posts something 
it, is everyone just going to jump on and be like, oh, well, where were you a week ago or whatever? I That's likely to happen. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing with him, I'm sure, every day of his life. If he does do something, people yes. will come at him. So I, I, with great power comes great responsibility. He says mm-hmm. it to us all the time, and he needs to take his own advice right now. Well, look, we can't discount that Rue has definitely done just Rue's existence has been monumental for queer folk, for black folk, for black queer folk. In a time when, back in the late 80s, early, and throughout the 90s, when when he was the only one, you know, or the, certainly the most visible and yeah. probably taken a lot of hits and blows that we have not, excuse me, have not had to to suffer. Honey, and he so was- maybe he was a- Rue is just tired. He was a Mac girl and they didn't even carry his right foundation color shade. Like, come on. Like, Mac uh-huh. shades in the 90s and, like, they were dusty. They never looked right on African-American skin. Sandy Linter uh-huh. talked about it. This makeup artist from the 70s and 80s that I follow. She was Gia Karanji's girlfriend. Like, she, uh-huh. did all, she did all those Mac ads and, like, they didn't even have, like, a good foundation range for her. Uh-huh. Matthew, uh-huh. I remember Matthew talking about it. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> So she, she really, she, I mean, to say that she's paid her dues would definitely be an understatement. But we need, this is such a heavy thing that we can't just lift it by ourselves. We need everyone to lift it. Yeah. And it is like, and it's at a time like this where we are looking for leaders, which is like, like I said before, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful to you and to Bob for for being fucking leaders right now. And like, I just appreciate that so much. Um, Thank you. Aside from being an activist and a leader, you're also a music star. Hello, star. Okay, ooh, star. <laughs> yes, T. <laughs> you have new music coming out on Friday, June 26th. Yes, it's true. Word. Um, I have a, a show, a little co- a concert to promote that music um it's called letters to my lovers and it's basically the my diary over the last two years how many volumes um, is that <laughs> <laughs> wait what'd you say how many volumes is that <laughs> it's <laughs> it's actually three volumes is there a syllabus? believe it or not yeah. there's three <laughs> yeah uh, so this one i believe is the truth um one is coming out the the first one's coming out first um and uh and so it's basically it's just like Two years of my life, just chronologically, um, I was in a, I was in a, had a, a, a career ride of my life, just coming out of Drag Race, getting the chance Broadway. to speak at the, the Supreme Court, Broadway. I was also in a, in a wonderful relationship. I was in the deepest of love that I've ever been in, and that ended. So I wrote about all that stuff, and it's not like a kiki cuckoo, like you know, it's not like a club banger. It's not a, a, a house remix. It mm-hmm. is. It is straight up ni- late 90s, early 2000s, throwback R&B. Mm. Willem mm. and Alaska. I know that's your tea. Bitch, mm. give, me some, give me some Jodeci. Give me some Black. Give me some 3LW. Give me some <laughs> Drew Hill. It's, give me, and it's a, give lot, me some a little Staples. more leaning towards Lauren and Erica, like that vibe, Jill Scott. Oh my gosh. Um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill is my top all time favorite album. Whenever someone asks me in an interview, that's the album. That and Velvet Rope, I can listen to straight through, no problem. Those are the two. Interludes and all. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is why we're friends. So that comes out. The the album's called Letter to the series of albums is called Letters to My Lovers. 
uh, it's, uh, the full title is A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers. And so hopefully y'all will keep your um, eyes peeled for it. We already released a single. It's called What You're Looking For. Um, and so that's out now. People can check that out. Co- corona hit. There's no music videos. I'm just doing a performance. And we'll see. <laughs> I love that. Well, we would like to do everything we can to spotlight this and um, spotlight you. you. So you're our rainbow spotlight of the week. <sighs> so... Everybody give a little listen to Peppermint's song and we'll be back in a second. You're feeling like a queen, looking like the goddess they done seen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Celebrating me, melanated, going for my goals, baby. Yeah, I did it, yeah, I did it, yeah, I did it. I just had to push to a higher level. Had to turn it up, get it louder, feel the treble, babe. Took some time to grow me, despite all the haters now I'm winning. But it's cool, say I did it. Cause I learned what I need to love me. So I started when the pain ran so deep. But not a need, cause my heart is so the straight that's in me. Just to see, but it's crowded for what you're looking for. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, you're going to want to discover the 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. The Factor meals were so great. I love that they came in a recyclable container and with very little waste. And the food, delicious. My... Taste buds had a party. Exactly. Really good. Really easy to make. Loved it. Not a lot of cleanup because Factor Meals eliminates the hassle of the prepping, the cooking, and cleaning up. Simply heat and savor the good stuff, and you can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and then pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factor's ready-to-eat meals, so you can get back to doing what you love this spring. And if you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium 
premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash drag50 drag 50. and use code drag50 drag 50. to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code drag50 at factormeals.com slash drag50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is still active. We are back, and this is a little segment. We, it, it, we do have a sung intro, uh, so feel free to join in. Uh, feel free to vocalize. If you like. <laughs> um, uh, actually, three-part harmony would be great on this, so uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're known for our amazing singing on Live vocalist podcast. first. So, yeah. um, here goes. Okay, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, it's the song "Let's Get Physical," not by Dua Lipa, by Olivia Newton-John. But okay. the word we changed the words to "Let's Get Political," and it's in E sharp above staff. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> F F flat minor is, oh the, is the. Okay. Okay. No marking. Let's give it a try. Let's give it a, no marking. We sent over the choreo ahead of time, so okay. just everyone, just oh, imagine yeah, yeah. us doing the choreo. That. Yes, okay, great. Okay, great. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, mm, let's, let's get political. 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 I want to get, get political. political. Let, Let me, me see your, your policy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been taking lessons. Uh, on, I was on, um, on Skillshare. <laughs> Oh. Skillshare. That's Skillshare. Skillshare. <laughs> slash drag. Chad Michaels does the class on Skillshare. That sounds like a dolphin, not Cher. Uh, Girl, <laughs> I just I just finished. Um, I have one more class left in Rue's master class. I live. Ooh, how's it going? Well, if you've read her books, you're familiar with all of the stories. There are no new okay. ones. There are some. Um, there are some things I. That I definitely she contradicts herself often. If you watch them all in straight her through, yeah, she's like <laughs> failure doesn't exist, and she's like use your failures, blah blah blah, and like <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of stuff where you're just like, huh, like, huh, huh. This is what you got. You can tell she did it in less <laughs> than like two hours. Like honestly. It's it's just her talking, which is useful in some points, and you get to hear a lot of wonderful stuff. But um, this is a political segment, and since she has been less than political in the past couple months, we don't need to talk about her right now. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about this first thing because, okay, this says repeal of law 50A in New York, which oh, basically— Oh, hell yeah. Let's talk about it. And it basically no longer allows police officer records to be secretive or private from the public. So the following quote comes from the New York Daily News. Willem, do you want to read it? Sure. Mm-hmm. New York lawmakers took action Tuesday by voting to repeal 50A, a state law used by police departments to shield disciplinary records. The bill passed along party lines in Senate 40 to 22, with all Republicans voting against the measure. The Assembly approved the measure 101 to 43 Tuesday evening, also along party lines. The Democrat-led legislator approved the long stalled reform 
form of the statute, which is routinely used to keep the public from learning about police misconduct and disciplinary actions taken against officers. The law became a point of contention following the 2014 chokehold death of Eric Garner at the hands of then NYPD officer Daniel Pantaleo, whose disciplinary record was shielded in secrecy. Um, so this, if I'm if I'm getting it right, this is a good thing that happened. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> because the police, in general, as a culture, have this uh, this uh, this policy of sort of protecting the, the blue their wall. own. It's the blue wall, and there's a lot right. of little bricks in the blue wall. Mm-hmm. Each state has their own sort of set of rules and regulations, or policies, mm-hmm. or laws that. Are that add to being bricks of that blue wall. There's 50A that was in New York. There's another law. I can't remember the name, the num- the name of it. Um, in Florida, that protects that lists any police officer involved in um, an interaction that kills a, a civilian. So anytime mm-hmm. any civilian gets killed uh, while they're on duty, that the police officer involved in that shooting or killing um, is listed also as a victim of that crime. And then their records are sealed and their identity is hidden Um, and protected. And so if if someone shoots someone and they're unarmed, we know all we know is someone got shot, but we don't know who the who the officer is, which just protects them. And then they blend them into the system. And and so there's a lot of things like that. It really honestly, now that I'm hearing all this, because we don't really talk about all these laws, it really does remind me a lot of what the Catholic Church was doing Gee. when people were getting, you know, um, when we were finding out who these priests were that were abusing people, they would just bring absorb them back into the system, shuffle them through, and then Move we didn't them know around. who was, yeah, like yeah. a shell game, you know? Right. I, I don't understand how there's not more accountability for us as a public because... They're supposed to protect and serve. Our taxes pay their their wages. They should have to answer to us. We shouldn't have to dig for answers and hope that they give them. Like, this should all be policy. I don't get no, it. No, they're not there to protect and serve. The only reason that they're... And, Isn't and I'm, that their motto? I'm going to catch them hit. That's the slogan. The slogan is that they're there to protect and serve. That's the slogan. And that is what is we are told because it's very important that you have the community um, cooperation for policing. It really doesn't work if the public is like fully against the cops, which is starting to happen now. Which is why Minneapolis did the defund thing finally. Exactly. But the real model is initially, and Shay talked about this in some of her posts, is that the police, the modern day police force in the States, which is that model has been taken to other places, was really in, just in, invented as a way to control newly freed slaves and police newly yeah. freed slaves to protect white property and white bodies right after pro- the uh, proclamation, a man's makes a proclamation. Um, and so now that we're like in this currently, it is really just an arm to sweep. It's literally the broom that sweeps bodies into prison. The, the, yep. we have a, we're the only country in the world who has a for-profit prison system, which yeah. means that they get, they they get basically earn money for every single bed that's full. And so now they have these full beds. They need someone whose job it is to just get people into those beds, regardless of what. Make it look pretty, but get them into the beds. Get them into the beds. That's why there's, you know, the the and they're not doing that really to white folks. The first people that are just trying to get into the beds are the black folks. And so they have these really, really outrageous punishments and sentences for really for crimes that are minor you know not even murdering or a violent crime against someone for like moving violations and having a cigarette or being at the park bench too long you know people are going to jail for these things and so that's what the function of the police 
officers are for and that the police unions, I believe, have a connection to these um, businesses that run the jails, the for-profit jails are private companies that run the jails. They're owned. It's not the state. It's not the city. It's not. It is the these private companies. And they are connected to the police unions. And the police unions are in charge of strong arming and making sure that city uh, governments, because those are the people who make the regulations, the city governments cannot regulate the police. That's why there's their own internal investigations. Oh. You know, police are like, okay, something went wrong. We need to make this look good. We're investigating. You can't investigate us from the outside. We don't do independent investigations. We investigate ourselves and we we make our own recommendations, which are usually <laughs> no jail time for the police officers. No one fired. If anything, assigned, reassigned so that they're just right. off the street. And that's pretty much as far as it goes. I mean, the investigation where the two cops pushed that 75-year-old white guy with cancer, that investigation found that he more um, tripped than they pushed. That's what the guy said. It's like, we all saw the video and the fact that we're paying attention to that instead of the people that are murdered like why like why do we all have to i'm so sad for the the caucasian man and his family but there's so much airtime being devoted to that and so Mm -hmm. many white people are finally like getting up in arms about it it's like, mm-hmm. where were you a while ago for this? Where like, were what, what were you with... doing three weeks ago when you weren't mm-hmm. posting self? I'm mad at everybody, but I'm especially mm-hmm. mad at like the people that are whistleblowing that are then being arrested. Like I saw the, the there was a case with someone who had cops come to their house. They called their lawyer. They wouldn't let the cops in. And the cops were literally recorded saying something like, we know how you feel about us because something had happened where there was an incident where they complained about the cops and they came to their house. And I mean, like Ramsey Orta, the guy that filmed the murder of Eric Garner in 2014, was just released after six years of of, of imprisonment because he had like some trumped up charges about gun possessions and drugs and they just put him away to silence his voice basically let's talk about the okay so yesterday there were primaries in georgia nevada north dakota south carolina and west virginia people turned out to vote but it was reported that all over georgia there were broken voting machines and very long lines to vote. And these reports were mm-hmm. predominantly from black and brown communities and didn't seem to affect Surprise. white districts or more affluent districts or Republican districts. This is voter suppression. Typical. Um, right? I mean, the- yes. Especially yeah. because the white Georgia governor, um, I think Stacey Abrams almost beat him. Um, she did. But also she she probably lost because of this same kind of thing. Because during that election, he was the secretary of state and the secretary of state is in charge of, of the, the voting. voting system. Oh, oh my God. My God. It was it's so like rigged flagrant. and ramshackled. It was ridiculous. This is like se- this is like season three all over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what was, no. what was rigged about season three? Girl, Raja yeah, walked in and said shit. hi to Duncan. Oh, well, never mind. So, okay, this is from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikema Williams, the chairwoman of the Democratic Party in Georgia, said she had 84 text messages reporting voting problems within 10 minutes of the polls opening at 7 a.m. Ms. Williams, who is a state senator from Atlanta, said that in some locations, the voting machines did not work. And in at least one other, no machines ever arrived. 
The office of Brad Raffensperger, probably a white guy, Georgia's secretary of state, blamed Tuesday's problems on a variety of factors, including a shortage of experienced poll workers because of fears about the coronavirus and a learning curve in using the new machines. The secretary of state's office is in charge of voting, and he's a Republican. And most Republican districts were fine. So... This is one time we can use the word fishy again because it smells fishy and um, it smells like voter oppression. I saw this lady in a Georgia line getting out of her car and it was a white lady. I thought it was a Karen, Um, but she was she was screaming, telling everyone to text their senators, text the news outlets, text the the everybody's because she said, I used to work in the Obama administration and and this should not be happening. And like, she was, she was totally an ally, but she had to leave to go home to take medicine because she had been there since 6 a.m. And she, the cars hadn't moved in hours. They weren't letting people in and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I saw, th- on, they just need to, Justin Bieber's Instagram live of all places. Um, that. There was video, he was trying to get, spread the word about this. And so he gave access to his live so that they could go directly to one of the voting, the polling sites there in Georgia and the folks had been there mm-hmm. for like six to eight hours waiting in line, yeah. um, trying to get through. And there was still a really, really long line. People were obviously giving up and going home because they have to, like you said, the lady had to take medicine. People had to leave. That's a long time. And a lot of these, and the voting poll station was in a black neighborhood, obviously, in a senior center where co- people are still wearing COVID. It's still a thing. And so. It's just, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous, but this happens, this is not the first time it's happened. It happens every single year and it's, it just was less of an issue. But I think now in the light of Corona and uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, people are just more paying attention to it. And the fact that I think more people than ever, I hope, want Trump out of office. And so people are really paying attention to the voting and, you know, you can just mm-hmm. put your ear to the ground. We can hear it. If we don't fix the 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 candidate aside, because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, it should have been Bernie, it should have been whoever, whoever it is is not. It, it, we might have problems. We will have problems. We might could have problems if we do not get the voting situation together straightened. And I think the best solution right now, with the four months we have left, is being able to vote from home, absentee voting, being able to mail in vote, whatever. Because obviously we can't trust them to set up machines and give us. deliver machines to the place and have electricity at the place where it needs to be. But I mean, even even if we do vote, I mean, the Electoral College, you know, it's gotten us twice in our lifetimes already. So what the fuck? They need to dismantle this shit from the get-go. They need to take away the Second Amendment and change that so we could be like all the other countries in the world and have less shootings because that was originally made to like keep slaves in line and shit and defend property. We don't need that anymore. And like defund like all this police and military stuff and just like the electoral college is the same kind of bullshit that needs Mm -hmm. to go that was put in place so there wouldn't be a disproportionate vote of people because you know once once there were tons of free people in the south too they would be voting against the plantation owners i'm sure like the electoral college knew what was up and they protected their white asses for the future and that's disgusting so i'm all for banning that too I'm glad that there's more like more like spotlight on this because like you said this has been going on for a long time but like this is I mean these are like dirty nasty tricks that are being used just to like oh I'm so sorry the machines didn't show up how crazy oh my god 
it's it's not good and um it's good that we're like exposing it girl okay. they got they got tricks all over the world too they started uh, trying to introduce a bill that would ban lgbtqia adoptions and same-sex couples adopting mm. like mm-hmm. one of my best friends from high school ryan is one of the smartest guys i know he has two adopted children um and they're the cutest boys ever uh one's african-american and one is white and I follow their account and it brings me so much joy for the future because I'm like, those kids don't know racism yet. Those kids are cool. They're having a good time. I literally look at his account and just like rewatch videos. Like, I don't want the next generation to be having the same talk in 20 years. So this is the thing, though. It's not, I mean, agreed. I do not either, which is why this moment feels so crucial. But the thing that we're, what we're trying to get people to understand, and I had a really long talk with, um, a, a queer porn star yesterday, um, which is another industry we are about to come for in terms of racism. Um, the the racism is baked into every single thing. It's less about the actions of the, the cops or someone using the N-word or someone w- joining the KKK. And it's really about this voting system. It's really about, you know, an mm-hmm. entertainment, not seeing these faces in on screens in people's houses. It's really mm-hmm. about, you know, the um, the education system. You know, there's there's so much mm-hmm. lopsided, and the definition of racism, or how racism, how I see racism defined, is just a system that's designed to help or not hinder a certain race or group because of the color of their skin, and and so it's even if they're not hearing bad words or your, their parents in their in the house of the the little the cousins or who, the kids that you said, uh, even if their parents are like, you should be nice to all people. The, the justice system is is what it is. And their whatever mm-hmm. their experience is of that or whatever their experience is in the education system and what they learn in school, whatever they see on TV, whatever they see in products and how those are used and how those are, you know, um, showing white people doing this and black people doing that, you know, that's what that's subconsciously what they're learning, how they're learning. The, that's how the racism is seeping in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even the SATs. Cup goes with what? Spoon, fork? Like, remember that old question where they were showing the SATs were racist? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a system designed to to not help and promote other. And that's Mm -hmm. a problem for sure. Um, We're going to take a break real quick. Yeah, we'll be back. (laughs) Okay. My bank piece just fell off. Oh my god! Don't look at me! Don't look at me! Cut it! Cut it! Don't look at me! That's not Uh, breakage. It's baby hairs. We are going. (laughs) We are going right now on a trip deep inside as we go spelunking, unking, unking, unking. Into the DMs. And speaking of DMs, our first message is from D. Okay, putting the D in DMs. This says, okay, hi, girls. Hi, girls. I want to let you know about an important problem coming out of the recent Black Lives Matter protests. 
Yesterday, a video went viral of a landlord kicking out someone renting an office space from him because the landlord saw the tenant protesting in a clip online. I know we may forget, especially since posting online is a huge part of spreading awareness, but whenever someone posts a photo of protesters, we should all do our job to blur, cover, or draw over their faces if we post the the faces. It takes only a couple of seconds... And it helps prevent protesters from being tracked and facing even more danger than they are already in. I have, I have everyone. I hope everyone listening can learn from this and reconsider how we spread images of the protests. Thank you both for all the work that you do. I don't, I don't understand. How would they get tracked, girl? If- because it's that thing. I mean, everyone, everyone sort of like. Somebody posts a picture from somewhere. People on the internet are are sleuths. They can be like, "Oh well, this I can I can track it." Oh Facebook. yeah, you can I reverse can Google image search thing. Mm-hmm. And if it gets picked Who, up, especially if it gets picked up by an outlet, uh, you know, a news outlet posting about sure. it. So there's lots of different ways. Listen, the truth is, I know that that's like a way to sort of try to subvert another subversive move of people using image search and facial recognition software to either mm-hmm. the government, the cops, there's there's reports of the police using that and and kind of retaliating against people for their for exercising their first amendment rights. What right. we need to do is change beef up the first amendment rights to allow people to um t- protection from that. And I think the first mes- the, the way the First Amendment was written, it doesn't really cover this area. And so landlords and folks are being are able to retaliate um, against people based on what they see, political protests, their affiliations and things like that. And granted, people can make any choice they want. But first of all, I don't know what state that person lives in that they're able to get evicted for something like that. That's that Yeah, that doesn't sound like it'll illegal. hold up. I, it doesn't sound like you're hold up in court. So if some, if your landlord is trying to, first of all, if you know who your landlord is, and here's the word to everybody: if your landlord, if, the, if your landlord is a person, whoever your landlord is, a person or a company, and they come to you and tell you that they're evicting you, do not leave. The only people that can evict you, I believe, at least in in the state of New York and what the places where I've actually looked into this, is the housing court in the United States. The housing court in your city and state in the United States are the only people who can evict you. Not some landlord, not some disgruntled person. They can complain all they want and they can ask you for the money that they that you agreed to pay them, but they cannot evict you. So if they're trying to retaliate against you, you need to tell them to take it to court. And then in court, they will they'll state their their case and as long as you agree, I know that I'm way off topic. As long as you agree to, but this is kind of pertinent because a lot of people are not paying their bills because of COVID. If as long as you agree to a payment plan, or as long as you agree that you want to stay in the place and you will keep paying, and you come up with a reasonable way to do that, and you express that in court, then you will be protected. It's really difficult to evict well-meaning people who intend on paying, and well-meaning people who intend on okay. paying are people that are honestly not able to pay because they haven't had jobs for the past three months. It is not your fault. And so if somebody tries to evict you behind that 
or a protest, especially a protest, it is it is straight up a violation right now. Now, if the Trump administration has something to do with it, they might not because apparently they are, while we are doing this, trying to chip away at the First Amendment. That's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah. But th- for now, it still stands. In addition to that, one of the things that is really important, this connects and intersects with Title VII. Title VII are pr- workplace protections. And they're one of the um, p- one of the cases that went to the Supreme Court in October for Title VII uh, was a... a, a a gay person or a queer person who um, was basically their employer saw an event that they were involved in, uh, found that they were gay from, from social media, basically not they, Mm -hmm. I don't think they were out at work, but then the employer looked somehow on social media and saw that this person was affiliated with this gay group or whatever. And so then they got fired and that case went all the way to the Supreme Court along with Amy Mann. And I don't remember. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amy Stevens, not Amy Mann, Amy Stevens. And I'm not sure the other person's name, um, and so now, right now, the Supreme Court is about to, probably on Monday, uh, hand down a decision and let us know whether they're going to uphold the protections that already exist for Title VII, um, which protect everyone, regardless of race, creed, color, religion, uh, gender, sexuality, gender expression, all those things, um, disability, uh, from being fired in their workplace. but Or they can decide to kind of strip those protections away, and that's what's being argued right now and so hopefully no. they will keep those things in place so that if you go out and protest you can't get fired if you're affiliated with black lives matter or with lgbt whatever you can't get fired but it's important that the public know this because the government is being real sneaky behind their backs behind our backs there i'm off my soapbox well hopefully we'll have some good news next week when the courts do hand down that decision hang on rbg Next up from Fizz, he says, Hey, Aluska, Willem, and Dippity-Doo. I am not sure that you are aware about Change.org and their updates to policy on donations to the causes like the George Floyd petition. Bottom line is that they don't give money raised through a petition to victims like Floyd or the petition organizers. Yeah, this is... Someone literally told me this in a tweet. The money they collect goes to advertising the petition on their own site and elsewhere. But it literally also says that under the donation thing, it says this this $20 will advertise 25 times, which is why I stopped donating there because I was like, let me donate directly to something like I don't need to pay for your advertising change.org. But according to the article, they used to keep a portion of it and now they keep it all. The policy change happening quietly in 2019. Uh, Fizz says, I think petitions are important for social change and justice, but if you're going to collect money for a cause, it should go to helping said cause and not advertising the petition on their own site. Thanks for reading. Even though I don't have a drick pick spreading awareness about this, can uh, about this cash grab at the expense of dupe donors. Um, I mean, I don't think the advertising is on their own sites. I think it's on other sites because I originally saw it on Facebook and I didn't see it on their site and that was their advertising monies in action. But um, thank you for the information, Fizz. So the the takeaway from that is if you're going to donate, I mean, it's important to sign the petitions. Uh, but if you're going to donate, it's better to do it directly to like a different to a different site that's that goes directly to whatever that causes mm-hmm. right is that the takeaway yeah getting that right? basically okay. uh the next message comes from christopher hi willem alaska and big d long time listener first time caller i'm a huge fan of both of yours is that shade because he's because he said hi willem alaska and big d i'm a fan of both of yours uh <laughs> i i we don't know who we don't know who <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like this one time we we posted a picture. There were like five queens in the picture, and then like someone commented, four of my favorite queens." <laughs> and we're like, "Wait, which one is it? Which well, one do you hate?" Was I supposed okay. to say. <laughs> you know, I don't get along with everybody. Okay, so the note says, I'm writing it because I need some advice. I just bought my first house in January and my long-term boyfriend has been planning on moving in with me at some point in the future. Ms. Corona decided to do her thing and we both agreed it would be best for him to just stay in quarantine with me. So he's unofficially moved in. With that said, I've always known... He likes a drink. Don't get me wrong. I love a cocktail, but he's a bottle or two of wine a night, multiple nights a week kind of guy. I know he deals with anxiety, depression, and I'm thinking this is some sort of self-medicating. To be frank, it has me worried for his health and general well-being. Like I said, I've known him to like a drink, but with it just being us together 24-7, it's really amplified it. It's a lot. When I, Whenever I approach the topic, of things escalate quickly, and he either gets very upset and shuts down or walks away from the conversation entirely. I've tried the stern and serious approach. I've tried the compassion well-being approach, and I'm not proud, but the yelling and screaming approach. Nothing seems to lead to any meaningful changes. I love him dearly and will have have been together seven years this October. He's truly a great guy, funny, sweet, and caring. It's just this drinking that has me concerned. Any advice, suggestions, I would love to hear back from both of you, Christopher in Ohio. P.S. I don't have any dick pics, but here are some pics with and of the dolls I've been lucky enough to meet. I apologize (laughs) for the truly homophobic angle from which I took that photo, Alaska, but I flew all the way from Cleveland and I had to get the pic. All right, Christopher in Ohio. Ooh, nurse. <laughs> Bitch, I've never, I've never seen a skinny Caucasian hippo in rhinestones. How is your mouth open that far? <laughs> Damn. I look great from the same angle, but it's all in the lighting. Yes. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this? Well, the part that got me was the seven. They've been together for seven years. Seven years. You didn't know. That, that that there was a drink having? <laughs> right. Yeah, right? And this is the thing about, I mean, about, like, addiction. First of all, like, with addiction, if mm-hmm. you're ha- if if your partner has a, a trouble with drinking, there's an element of, like, hiding it and sort of, like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, like, misleading and sort of, like, downplaying the influence of, of what it actually is. But... Everything gets amplified when you move in together and also when you're quarantined because you're really moving in together because you're spending all of your time together. So sort of everything gets amplified. So it could be that his drinking got amplified because maybe he was having a a little, a little bit of drinking, but being in this sort of heightened like stressful situation maybe caused him to like even just ramp that up. Yeah, I think they should just sit down, crack open a nice bottle of red, and talk Stop. about it. Stop that. I, honestly, I I have I don't drink anymore. Um, it was never a problem. I don't drink it, any less. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was oh. never a problem in in my relationship drinking, but um. Uh, I did have problems with my my ex when he would drink and I would tell him that. And I think that 
he's not going to want to change. I, I don't see in this guy's letter how it's affecting Christopher. Like, how is his drinking affecting you other than you don't like it? Like, is you're worried about his health, you're worried about other stuff, but like, is it affecting your relationship somehow? Like, is it being a downer on that? Can he not get hard? Like, is there something affecting you? Because if it's not even affecting you yet, it's probably not even on his radar that he's doing it too much because he's just doing what he's always done. And he's not going to want to stop until he has a better reason or he has a rock bottom. And both of these Mm. things need to come from him, not from you, really. I mean, you can inform him and stuff and tell him, but people stop when they want to stop. True, too. Well, um, do you want to read the next one, Willem? Yes. Uh, From Ryan. Hello, Alaska, Willem, Peppermint, and Big Dip 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 Burlington III. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about the power of drag. I guess it's from watching We're Here, along with Secret Celebrity Drag Race. Yes, I watched it. Secret. Celebrity. By the end of the show, you'll discover who the celebrity is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the contestants are more famous than the celebrities, so let's just be blunt. And seeing what happens having a drag makeover has meant to every single person involved. I don't want to become a drag performer, but I would be interested in having Mm -hmm. a one-time drag experience because it seems to me this is something that everyone should experience at least once. Do you have any tips for someone who could successfully feel their full drag fantasy? I don't think I want to be a drag performer, but how can I start being a drag performer? (laughs) T. I'm sorry. Uh, or alternately, because we know any makeup I would do on myself would be extra crunchy, do you think there are any divas out there after the Corona times would offer makeover services and do a little photo shoot in exchange for a few coins on the dresser? You could put something on the dresser. Thanks for all your award-winning services to the community. I've attached a few pictures of my explicit drick and balls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Whenever I see dicks that big, I, I have to sneeze because I have Bro, to clear my the, nasal wait, cavity shit, because I'm about to be mixer? flooded. Send a screen share. Dipper. I emailed you the outline. Oh, oh, it's in there? Sorry. I'll text it to you right now. Okay. Well, uh, okay. This member is standing up at a, I guess it's a 45 degree angle. I Uh, I don't have a protractor with me, but I do know that my book, which is also featured, is 12 inches long and is in the background. So foregroundly wise, I would say his member is 8.4 inches and it is a gingered salute, uh, dusting of hair. And bright um, red ginger hair. And listen, he says, he says, I, and balls for Alaska. Listen, I'm not, I am not like some ball fiend. I just, I find it curious that, that people who send dick pics consistently edit out or hide their balls. So thank you for showing like the entirety of, of, uh, what, of what you've got and not trying to like, um, pretend you don't have balls i appreciate thank you also the moles look um even (laughs) the coloration is fair there is no chafing um and the perimeter seems clear so as far as the The question the answer is yes there are there are queens who are fucking good at makeup and good at hair and you should pay them properly Mm -hmm. but i'm sure they would be happy after the corona times to uh to get you up in gig and i agree that i think drag is very transformative and everybody deserves to have that moment of turning around in the mirror and just being every everyone girl i put i put anthony in drag and he didn't want to go home he's like i take it off i said "Mm mm-hmm 
He yeah. was so he was so sad. But I I would also like to say that in New York they had something called Miss Vera's Finishing School for boys who oh, want to be girls. Yeah, seriously. Where, like, How do you yeah. remember that? Where I, were you? What? I wanted to start this. You are here. Baby girl, I've been in New York since I was 16. Okay, bitch. Yeah, Miss Vera's finishing school for boys who want to be girls has always inspired me. I've wanted to open an experience like that with Airbnb in LA, and I was working on it before Corona. Um, so I can help people get up in drag and live the fantasy and have their little moment and um, make some money off of it. Because, like, you know, I I think drag is transformative and it's changed my life so much. So Truly. that's true. Did you it's know Miss Vera? Yes, darling. She used to come in. She used to bring her her clients, her clientele. That's how you'd say it, clientele into <laughs> um, into Lips, where I used to work, Lips Drag Restaurant. And so, because you know, they would get all all up in up in Yags, and then, then they, they go needed out of somewhere town. to go. So that was like the outing. She would bring the girls into Lips. Yeah. Oh what God. I'm going to do is I'm just going to go across the street to World of Wonder and say, "Hey, I got some new girls for your basement shows. <laughs> Can I send them through the back?" And then we're going to go across the street to Bordner's and get some um, tacos and some uh, <laughs> bitch. They have this jalapeno mac and cheese, which eating will set tacos, your asshole on fire. It's it's a mini challenge. It's a mini challenge. Girl, the lighting in Bordner's is great for first time drag, too. Oh, it's honey. Very favorable. Oh, honey. Dark very velveteen fake. curtains. All yes. of it. Distance and darkness. Any doll's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the answer is yes, uh, Ryan. There call are resources me. and do it. Um, and the next me. message comes from Benry. Okay. Hel- hey, hi, hello, Ms. Fuck, Ms. Will I Am Not, and Ms. Dipper with the Good D. My name is Benry Fauna. I'm a photographer born and raised outside of Pittsburgh. Hi. But I'm currently living in New Orleans as I'm trying to cope with the current cultural climate and reconcile with my own experiences as a black and queer male. I'm striving to express that in a way that can benefit others. I personally have struggled finding my place in the queer community because I often felt objectified and fetishized for my body, even after overcoming my own insecurities from growing up the overweight, nerdy, and awkward. I can't use dating apps because the anxiety of feeling like I am attractive for my body over my heart and personality holds me back. I always wanted to express my sexuality, but I had to come to terms with the fact that when some people look at my body, all they see is a black body. With this in mind, I want to use my artistry to open up about my personal journey of worshiping my body and liberating myself from my sexual anxieties. I'm using OnlyFans as a way to showcase this work, and all the proceeds generated from my account will be donated to Black Lives Matter movements, and specifically helping Black and LGBT causes in the community I've been grateful enough to work in. My long-term focus is supporting Black, queer, and trans individuals working in the hospitality industry, as well as supporting mental health resources to black LGBT youth. Willem, you and I have actually worked together once before. You came to to New Orleans with the Haters Roast tour last year, and I was your green room server. You were so kind to me. I remember being obsessed with your denim sandals, and you gave me a lighter with your face on it, which I still cherish. And Alaska, you are very much one of my very first drag performers I've ever seen live, as I partied back and forth from Pittsburgh and Edinburgh back in my college days yes Edinburgh uh, <laughs> S.O. to the beautiful bubs at the shout out. oh shout out to the beautiful bubs at the blue moon <laughs> I'm so happy to have seen how far you have come the growth is abundant Henny but sorry for the super long message 
If you are able to direct some attention to my cause of sharing my black body to fund black bodies, I would appreciate it. I'm so happy you're out here creating the much necessary need to continue to create art. But in the meantime, take a gander at my art house, Drick. Hell Love yeah. you bunches, Benry Fauna. And you can go to OnlyFans.com slash Benry Fauna. And um, P.S. I loved to refer to Heidi N. Closet as Heidi Enya Closet. It rolls off the tongue better. Oh, Bitch, I, no one likes Heidi's name. I could tell you something you could put on my tongue. Benry's um, <laughs> Benry's yeah. fine, um, and we will be linking him on racechaserpod.com. We personally cannot go on OnlyFans because we are banned. Uh, Is shadow that true? banned. Oh yeah, I'm shadow banned. I've tried four different credit cards, and and uh, my name must be banned because we had an account there and they didn't like it. I guess and we didn't get the money and it wasn't going well. And I think I was public about it somehow. And well, we were I public about their server kind of not being strong enough to support the content we were putting up, like because we were putting up videos and stuff, and their servers couldn't handle it. Right? Uh, yeah, what they do. Is videos? Yeah, we had a lot of listeners. Yeah. Yeah, but we had a lot of right. listeners reach out and say they couldn't access our content. So we just moved it over to Patreon. Uh-huh. Will you describe these art house Drick photos? Oh, yes. hell yeah. These are great. They're very artistic and, and beautiful um, black and white photos from Benry. Um, in the one, there's sort of like baby's breath. And it's baby's like breath right by the hole, which is definitely. Ass. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think it it has many layers. Um I would like to call to mention that the one where uh his hole, his balls, everything is all out. I want to say his feet are clean because like that is important. Like. When you're doing nudes and you have some dirty ass feet, it's nasty. Yeah. I'd rather I, I look at it. I do look at it. Yeah. Um his haircut's nice. There's two nipples. Um, there's plenty of seating, especially on that dick. Um, and his, his use of, uh, horticulture in, um, (laughs) someone tell Jiggly what that means, um, is just beautiful. Very nice. And thank you for including ass pics because I just think asses are more like, like beautiful to the eye. Uh, Like I know everybody sends dicks and they're like, this is my dick, but like. To me, like asses are like aesthetically like very beautiful to me. I think so everyone can appreciate a nice ass. Every uh, yes, absolutely, everyone can. Yeah, when an ass is so good that a bottom has to <laughs> like, that's when. And this guy's ass is that very much. <laughs> we thank you, Benry Fauna, and your Insta Twitter is also Benry Fauna. That's F Benry B E N R Y F A U N A. And, and uh, we that's also all the messages in the yeah. mailbag. Um, we are also very thankful to have had Peppermint as our yeah. guest today. Big ups! <laughs> Isn't we it nice not to you. have to give out grilled cheese and shoes, <laughs> girl? Remember that? Remember that? I remember Actually, that. I just saw the video. I I I remember it, and I know they were taking video. I never saw like the full. They had like a couple of. Like full videos, like a five minute this and a ten minute that. Did they? And he sent it to me, and I'll send it to you. It's actually really good. Like they made, they a made movie me take about mine the whole thing, huh? They made what me take mine down. I had a little video about it years ago, probably 2012. 
uh, Peppermint and I did a gig where we gave out grilled cheeses on the street while trying to promote these ugly ass Cole Haan shoes that didn't fit any of us. They hurt so my we feet were... so bad. Oh, oh wait, God. they did fit you, right? Yeah, they fit me, but they're, uh, I think other people were not wearing Kohans. They fit me, but barely, girl, barely. Oh, girl, they fit me too, but I told them they didn't because I was not about to put that on my foot. <gasps> oh, my God. I was How to dare along. they? And grilled cheese was the promo? Well, they yeah. were like, it was like out on all night, go out on the streets of New York. And then so they had us giving grilled cheese to everybody. It was cute. Because I mean, what, was says cute dra- what says Jack? What says Yes, that was it. I mean, and I'm lactose intolerant. And I'm trying to give out grilled cheese. But it was like a Good whole luck. week worth of, it was like we were working there for a week. <laughs> we had like fittings. They wanted to see fittings what we were and wearing. And conversations. It was a lot. <laughs> the gigs, the gigs. Well, uh, we thank you so much for being here, Pep. I'm so Absolutely. glad that you were on the pod with us this week. It's yes. nice to do it in and- real, in real... Like, I guess, I don't know if we're in person, but last time I was on, it was just a quick phone call. And it was when I was at the Supreme Court. So thank you for inviting me back on. Yes. I do want to mention. And I do love, I do love your, your drag today. This, uh, this nude power net illusion with the bugle beads. Yes. (laughs) They are bugle beads, aren't they? (laughs) Um, I want to mention really quickly to everyone that I'm doing, Bob and I, Bob the Drag Queen and I, um, Teaming up with some really fierce people, um, excellent black queer talent for a black queer town hall, which will be streamed live on GLAAD and uh, NYC Pride's official YouTube pages on June 19th. That's Juneteenth. For those who don't know what that is, it's the, look it up. Um, June 19th, 20th, and 21st. That's a weekend. Um, we have lots of celebrity guests. Um, it's all black queer talent. We have some pod, some some panels, discussions, performances, the whole nine yards, and you all are all invited. It's free, so please um, check it out. We will link that on our Race Chaser Pod uh, Instagram, and if you'd like to see more of us on Instagram, you can follow Peppermint at the only Peppermint or Peppermint four one one two four seven Peppermint two four seven. Sorry, yeah. I I forgot to finish writing. Oh no, it's I. I <laughs> get the four one one peppermint and she's she's at she's at peppermint three one one if it's a non emergency um, I'm I'm Willem on it uh, I'm Willem on Instagram the only Alaska five thousand and at race chaser pod and, and peppermint two four seven correct yes, please mm-hmm. like twenty four seven yes okay exactly um the li- the link in our bio on Instagram at Race Chaser Pod has lots of places to donate money in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, check those out and do something every day to educate yourself to practice anti-racist behavior. Reach out to someone with resources. Look for volunteer opportunities. Go to a protest. Donate to an organization. Sign petitions. This is not a one-time action. This is not a fad or a trend. The journey is ongoing. Yeah, and if you want to contribute to that journey here on Hot Goss, you can send us your questions at racechaserpodcast at gmail.com. Good questions and know who to get priority boarding and service animals. Uh, we have bonus video content also available at patreon.com slash Willem. And if you use the hashtag racechaser, you can watch the videos for a dollar each for the rest of your life and do your thing. Mark. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's their thing? We'll be back next week with <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> It, well, it's, it's your coin. Once you give us the money, you can do whatever you want with the video. Okay. We're cam girls. Cam girls. $69 a minute on Cameo. We'll be back we'll next, next week, week with more piping, piping steaming, scalding, boiling, boiling. hot Hot Goss is a Forever Dog podcast. Produced by Big Dipper. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Mixed and mastered by Will Pitts. Our theme song is graciously provided by ATF Enterprises. This goss is hot. hot.